wanted to take a minute to talk about some of the incredible products Brookline Teen Outreach has to offer on our new Etsy storefront. All of our designs for shirts, sweatshirts, bags, hoodies, and stickers are all centered around mental health inspiration, as well as our Pittsburgh pride. To top it off, all designs are created by the teens that attend our program so that not only would you be supporting our nonprofit when you purchase something from our store, but you would also be supporting their incredible art and designs. All revenue goes right back into our programming, giving us the availability to continue funding our teen center. Find our store on Etsy under PGH Teen Collaborative. That's PGH Teen Collaborative. Thanks for shopping. Hi, I'm your host, Nick. And I'm your host, Kiara. And we're professional counselors, as well as lead program facilitators for Brookline Teen Hours. And you're listening to our podcast, Lunchtime Chats with BTO. Hey, friends. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode five. How's it going? I mean, same old over here. <laughs> That's good, man. Uh, it's hot today. It is hot today. Yeah. We're, we have a lot of icky, foggy, <laughs> smoggy, gross Pittsburgh weather here. Yes. Yeah. But uh, it's just like encapsulated by a Canadian wildfire. So. Yeah. 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 It's kind of putting a damper on some <laughs> summer activities. <Everything>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But. Um, Happy to have you here today. Happy to, happy to be here. Yeah. What are we talking about today? We're going to be talking about a heavy one today. Um, we're going to be talking about our relationship with food. Hmm. Hmm. How are you feeling about that? I think that we planned this out like we were going to do eight. We started like kind of throwing things out there. And uh-huh. then we both kind of came to this, you know, hmm. not everything is like a relationship about other mm-hmm. people or like you know yeah other you know things in our environment yeah you know it's it's about inanimate objects or uh-huh. things that are used to fuel us <laughs> or mm-hmm. like even make us feel better yeah so yeah you know i feel a lot of ways about this yeah episode <laughs> yeah um i think uh this is like i said this is a hard one um because our relationship with food is something that is so intimate for everybody, um, and it's so personal. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> so different. It's always different. Yeah. And, you know, I think that we can have, like, sometimes big generalizations of relationships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or, like, we have, like, uh, like a, a meme or mm-hmm. something, and this one is, like, cultural it's mm-hmm. financial it's mm-hmm. I, there's so many different ways to make this mm-hmm. <laughs> not like yeah that. yeah and i think in the interest of time for this episode right we'll definitely be kind of framing this episode kind of 
around i would say like an average american experience mm-hmm. to with yeah. food um you know really kind of just talking about how how is it that we develop unhealthy relationships with food here um what does that typically tend to look like what are the messages that we send um to everybody yeah to children, to adults about food. Yep. Um, what does diet culture look like here? Um, and what do we do to reset? Mm-hmm. You know? I think that's a pretty good clarifying point mm-hmm. uh, just due to the fact that like uh, other countries, mm-hmm. other nations mm-hmm. have like, you know, different viewpoints about food and different like ideas about what it is for yeah. people yeah and i mean different countries have different access to food because mm. they have different they have different laws surrounding food um you know i i think i see a lot in the summertime people posting on forums or on tiktok about how frustrating and upsetting it is to be traveling in yes. europe and be eating things that you know we consider here at in diet as diet culture like bad like you know yeah. uh bread mm-hmm. pasta mm-hmm. all of these like really high fatty foods sure. you know those are all things that we consider to be horrible for you to eat all the time mm-hmm. and when we're traveling to europe and different places around the world um People are losing weight, eating a lot of these things when over here, right, we're having a hard time, like, yes. with that piece of it, right? So um, it's definitely going to look different in different places. Mm-hmm. Um, not, to, not to brag either. I don't want to be bragging, but bra- I, as, somebody, brag, brag. as somebody that was just in Europe, yep. uh, I can confirm that, like, <laughs> going to Europe and then, like, just kind of not caring about mm-hmm. what you're mm-hmm. eating mm-hmm. is insanely different mm-hmm. than the way it is in America. Mm-hmm. And just to be there and to understand like what food culture is, mm-hmm. because not a lot of things mm-hmm. are typically frozen yeah. and pasteurized, or they don't have like all these hormones. Mm-hmm. Um, things are fresh, like from mm-hmm. farms, like mm-hmm. that are just like down the road. Yeah. And there's farmers markets and there's all these things. So restaurants and like people um, typically go out and shop for the week and then eat all that food for the week mm-hmm. and then it's gone. Mm-hmm. And then they have to eat the food, like they have to go get more food. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have access to yeah, that, right? It's, it's not it's... inaccessible to them. It's not something that is so overly priced or, yeah, you know, farmers cheaper. markets aren't just somewhere that's in a, an upper end Scale neighborhood yeah that is like uh fancy mm-hmm. or you know uh i guess bougie is probably mm-hmm. the word you know like they have this like um gentrified like kind of mm-hmm. look at like farming and things like that yeah. it's like this is just kind of how we've done it forever yeah and i don't think we're going to change yeah so america also has this kind of issue of like we need to make this thing last as long as it can, mm-hmm. so it's going to be pumped full of crazy stuff yes. that is super not good for us. Yeah, but and that <laughs> absolutely impacts our health. It's and 
and our relationship with food, right? Because we hear a lot of, and something we'll talk about today is this um, correlation that we create so early on between our bodies and food Mm -hmm. um, that if we're eating certain types of food, then that means that that's going to affect our body image negatively, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And I, I think that because we don't have access to foods that are healthy for us, that are actually like fresh mm-hmm. and real, yeah. we have a hard time with seeing food as something that can be just nourishing and not something that we can label as bad mm-hmm. because we can't lose weight. Yeah. You know? So, you know, th- these are things that we'll, we'll touch on too. But I do want to start off by kind of talking about what it looks like for us to develop our relationship with food. And, you know, this is something that happens over our our lifetime systematically. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the most interesting points that I, I learned is that when we are infants and, um, we are getting fed by our caregivers. Those are moments that are so incredibly important Mm -hmm. for our development because not only are we getting nourishment with food, right? Whether that's like bottle fed, breastfed, whatever, Mm -hmm. right? Um, That's not only for our nutrition, but it's so important for connection, for love, for feeling comfort, for growing, Mm -hmm. right? For our brains to develop that social emotional peace yeah we're forming a bond yeah really yeah like it's almost like the nutrition part is Mm -hmm. kind of like secondary in Mm -hmm. this experience is Mm -hmm. that like that skin to skin Mm -hmm. that i think that uh is really important Mm -hmm. especially in like your first moments Mm -hmm. after you're born Mm -hmm. is like that skin to skin creates Mm -hmm. this um chemical that's called oxytocin Mm -hmm. and that is very extremely important for the development of like you know, like dopamine and serotonin mm-hmm. and like all the mm-hmm. stuff. So it's like, this is a twofold kind mm-hmm. of experiment. So yeah. and uh, it's a really important. Yeah. And, that, and that's exactly what's happening when we're being fed by our caregivers as well as, you know, we're experiencing that rush of oxytocin mm-hmm. where our brains are, are developing and are so rapidly. Yeah. Um, and those are, those are moments that, are just really really important mm-hmm. um, those interactions really need us to like help us deepen our connection with ourselves with food and um, you know with the world around us yeah. to let us know that we are going to be taken care of and our yeah. needs are going to be met not just our nutrition needs but also our our emotional needs mm-hmm. are going to be met by our caregivers yeah it talks a lot about that security yeah right and I yeah. think that's what you're going into is yeah a lot of that like attachment mm-hmm. is really uh crazily mm-hmm. important in like the first moments of mm-hmm. form mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so so like the attachment piece of it is um and connecting to food right we learn over time like i said systematically whether or not our caregivers are predictable or consistent mm-hmm. right and so if we have caregivers or parents or mothers who are 
inconsistent or unpredictable with meeting the emotional need that we have during those moments of connection when we're being fed. Yeah. Instead of being comforted by our caregiver, we then learn to be comforted by the feelings of food. Mm-hmm. We feel comforted by fullness because we learn that fullness is predictable Fullness is consistent. It makes me feel good. It helps me go to sleep. But I don't know if my mom is going to be able to like connect with me and look me in the eye and have those micro moments and micro interactions with me that help my brain develop. Mm. And so instead, I learned to rely on the comfort of food to help me kind of get through that, Mm -hmm. right? Do you think that that has anything to do with being like, you know, obviously breastfed or like fed through a bottle? Mm -hmm. Like, is there any like type of discrepancy? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I know that there are a lot of really incredible benefits to breastfeeding your, your children. Um, However, I don't necessarily know of a difference um, in terms of like, being able to connect, right? I think breastfeeding is really helpful for mothers to connect as well to their babies. Um, But I think because a a fed baby is a happy baby, right? Like Mm -hmm. I wanna wanna be mindful of what that looks like and what each mother's experience is because not every mother has the ability to breastfeed, not every mother, because a lot mother, Motherhood looks different for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. And so whether that means that you're not able to, whether that means you dried up, whether that means you have to go to work um, mm-hmm. and you can't commit to breastfeeding for that long, whether that means, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. right? Like, it, it's there are some really beautiful benefits to breastfeeding, but I don't think that that means that it, if you can't, then you can't form this kind of connection. connection yeah. yeah i think that's why it's also very cool whenever i see like fathers like mm-hmm. they're like kind of like the shirts mm-hmm. off you know like mm-hmm. they're doing like some skin to skin and like also a bottle like you know it's yeah. the same thing so yeah. it's like <laughs> yeah just trying your best yeah and, and and it is really important to have that kind of awareness and knowing like what the benefits are and if you know that that breastfeeding isn't something that you can do knowing what you can do to kind of fill those sorts of Mm. pieces in between, right? Um, But, right, I think that when we form this association with food as being comfort rather than people being comfort or uh, I will be comforted by people consistently over Mm -hmm. time, then that sets us up for learning that food is comfort we can get into some emotional eating um, Mm -hmm. and it leads to like eating disordered behaviors into childhood, adolescence and adulthood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Which is pretty intense. It's fairly intense. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's important also to talk about all of the other factors that kind of lead into what continues Mm -hmm. for us to develop a, an unhealthy relationship with food because there's a lot of other social pieces that go into that as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, 
one of the first ones that really comes to mind is like the language that we use around food. So like diet culture is something that is super, super strong, strongly like (laughs) woven into our society. It's everywhere, Mm -hmm. right? You see it in commercials, you see it on in magazines, you see it in billboards, you see it in TV, you see it, yep, you see it in like really quick TikToks, you see it, um, you could see it in vines, (laughs) you know, you could, you see it everywhere. And we have such a horrible relationship when it comes to food and the language that we have around it. Mm -hmm. And you know, just thinking about kind of like things like labeling foods as bad, yeah. labeling foods as good, labeling foods as healthy or unhealthy, um, talking about all of the different diets that you need to try. If keto didn't work, maybe clean eating's gonna work. Maybe paleo is going to work for you, right? Like intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. And even within diet culture is also like this talking about our relationship with exercise you know and and you know that's not something that i include here but that's absolutely playing into our relationship with food as well Mm -hmm. right like if if we are eating something that we have labeled as bad or unhealthy maybe that means in order for us to feel better about our body image later we have to spend 30 extra minutes doing some high intensity workout to burn that that thing off that was 200 calories of a cookie right and that's not okay either mm-hmm. you know that that really gets in the way of us seeing food as something that is supposed to nourish our bodies and is you know neutral so what do you consider is like fast food then is that still considered bad food or unhealthy or is that just still food food is food right i think it's so important for us to take those labels off of food um and instead of saying you know well this is really bad or this is unhealthy let's just think about okay what is this giving me how can i balance this out with something else Mm -hmm how much of this am I eating, right? Like being mindful of portions, you know? Not necessarily maybe doing uh, mukbangs with all of that stuff, right? But like that, because like that's really intense, you know? That's a lot of overeating. (laughs) That's a lot of, um, that's a lot going into your body at one time. Mm -hmm. And um, I think we have to take those labels off of it, but at the same time, we still have to think about what is it that my body actually needs from this? What am I getting from this? And like, how can I balance this out with, with what my body needs Mm -hmm. later too, you know? Yeah. I also don't know how YouTubers do that though. Mm -hmm. Like that. They're just like, yeah, I'm going to order like $200 worth of fast food and I'm just going to eat it on the internet. I, I mean, it, I, like, oh. I don't know. I, it hurts my tummy to think about eating that much food. But, I mean, it, again, it's really about listening to your body cues. <laughs> and I'm 
not, nobody's listening. There. I'm not sure <laughs> what that looks like. And, and that looks different for each person, yeah. you know? Um, I think the bottom line here is, is like, we're, we're putting these, these labels on to food mm-hmm. that should be neutral. Yeah. And we are stuck in this diet culture that forces us to make ourselves smaller to feel more valuable. Mm-hmm. And that's not true. Yeah. That's not true. Yeah, I think that that goes into a lot of like what you were talking in the beginning mm-hmm. is this like is like the stereotype mm. really to try and fit into mm. you know clothes mm-hmm. that are fashionable mm-hmm. or like to be that person on the magazine mm-hmm. or to be that person in the film or meta- media. Mm-hmm. Um, these are all really intense feelings of like I'm not going to be good enough mm-hmm. and I can't ever be like that mm-hmm. and I. Never will be. Mm-hmm. So then there's this is like cyclical. Mm-hmm. But no, I I I think that even just in my experience, growing up is as a kid in the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh! The most toxic stuff. It was you'll ever see. <laughs> so intense. Yeah. The the level of like celebrities, female celebrities, yeah. people who I watched on like, MTV, sure. you know, who I looked up to, who I liked, were in active raging eating disorders. Yeah. And me looking at these people and feeling like I needed to be like mm-hmm. them or feeling really upset about myself for not, not looking the way that they do in low-rise jeans, yeah, you know, and creating this really unrealistic body image mm-hmm. and body image issues is part of diet culture. Right. And it's part, it, you know, and, and these celebrities did all of these things in the name of diet culture, mm-hmm. right? And I think we still do these things in the name of diet culture. Of it just looks different today, right? Mm-hmm. We have a lot more diversity in body positivity, um, which is beautiful and lovely, and I love seeing that. Lizzo is such a great example of that. But Yeah, she's your girl. She is my girl. I love Lizzo. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I think we still see that every in everyday culture today too, it just looks slightly different where we're seeing, well, let's talk about intermittent fasting. Like mm-hmm. we talked about keto, sure. right? Like these are, they these are nicer. Mm-hmm. They sound like calmer, mm-hmm. like that they're like backed by science mm-hmm. or some evidence-based mm-hmm. thingy. Yeah. And they're all just kind of ways to get you in. Yeah. You know, like it's like a way, it's like a fad. Yeah. Know? And I also, I want to go back to that part where you're talking about celebrities and like mm-hmm. that you want to be like them or you want to mm-hmm. like see what they're doing and stuff like that. As, um, as a boy, mm-hmm. truly, mm-hmm. is that like, uh, going to like the mall mm-hmm. in my little, you know, <laughs> like, you know, puberty stages mm-hmm. and then being like, trying to cut an Abercrombie bitch mm. and there are two like 30 year olds yeah. that are supposed to be teens mm-hmm. are in front of the store yeah. shirtless yeah. with like uh, you know mm-hmm. their jeans on mm-hmm. you know <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, it is the most 
insane way of marketing mm-hmm. yeah. any type of clothing brand that would never happen today. Yeah. There's no way they're getting away with that. Yeah. Yeah. And they did. I know. For years. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And like the stores like Abercrombie and Fitch, you know, whatever, the, the sizing oh of, oh. of the clothing options was so difficult. It still is. Yes. It still is crazy. Yeah. And, you know, that was something that definitely, like, I know made me feel very insecure. Yeah. But, like, I know that that's, that was meant to be exclusive. It was meant to be, you know, like, that those were the goals, right? Sure. Is to to push you into like this diet culture to to f- want to make you want to fit into these clothes, mm-hmm. right? You could go to Old Navy mm-hmm. and have the same you know pants mm-hmm. that are just a different number, mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then you would feel bad because mm-hmm. it was Old Navy, mm-hmm. which I'm not putting down Old Navy because I wear mm-hmm. a lot of their stuff because mm-hmm. they're accepting mm-hmm. <laughs> of everybody. They're inclusive. They're very inclusive. Yeah. Uh, Abercrombie and Fitch and American Eagle. Mm-hmm. I'm just bashing them. It's fine. American Eagle's gotten better. Sure. Yeah. It's tough. It's yeah. a tough scene. Yeah. But it is it is a really hard thing to to combat that and when when that's something that you experience as a young kid um that's absolutely going to impact the way that you look at the world and the way that you look at yourself for the rest of your life right i didn't go back to abercrombie and fish until this year wow i'm 27 yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so i can't imagine just to think about like you know, obviously our time is a little bit different, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm almost so positive that a lot of our kids mm-hmm. are doing the same thing, mm-hmm. right? They do it differently mm-hmm. than we did mm-hmm. um, because, you know, we grew up with the internet. They were born with it. Mm-hmm. They get to, like, see this, like, reflection yeah. on their phone every day. Yeah. It doesn't match. Yeah. And it probably never will. Yeah. And then they just have this perpetual mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. So what do we, what do we do? Yeah. You know, I know that there's a lot more yeah. we have to get to. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, like I said, I, you know, I want to make sure that we go through and talk about more of the other things that help us develop these unhealthy relationships, right? right? That aid us in this development. Destructiveness. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like, like we said, right, it's really that language surrounding it that's fueled by diet culture, restrictive mm-hmm. eating, and like these this labeling, right? Yes. Another piece of it is like the way that we tend to use food as a reward system. And we tend to do this with kids a lot. Yeah. Um, but I think that we do this in adulthood as well. We carry this into adulthood where maybe, you know, we're experiencing a really good day or a really hard day. And so we want to make ourselves feel better with mm-hmm. a sweet treat you know yeah. uh, i had a really hard day so i deserve some ice cream or yes. i got that promotion so i deserve some ice cream yes. right there's no discernment between the two but because there's uh something emotional happening underneath mm-hmm. we're using things as a reward right yeah. we're using food as a reward and typically the food that we use as a reward is something that we would label as bad, bad. yeah Something yes. that's high calorie, something that's high sugar, something mm-hmm. that's high fat, 
Um, those are things that um, I think in childhood too, we only allow kids to have at certain times during certain things. Um, you can only have your dessert after you finish your whole dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're full, you know, and you don't finish your whole dinner, then you don't get dessert, right? right? Um, so then we learn to overeat to then get to the, the thing that we want to eat, mm-hmm. right? Um, Got to eat your green stuff mm-hmm. before you have, you know, cookie or mm-hmm. like cake or something. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, green stuff are good. Mm-hmm. But all the rest of the things mm-hmm. on my plate mm-hmm. probably mm-hmm. are too big in the first place. Mm-hmm. Right? We yeah. have like that portion, portion sizes portion mm-hmm. issue mm-hmm. in America too, yeah. which I loved. This is a little side note story is that. Well, I am in Paris, mm-hmm. you know, and we ran into a group of Americans mm-hmm. from Atlanta mm-hmm. and shout out to them if they are listening, which mm-hmm. they're not, but you know, they could uh, be. <laughs> and they looked at us and they're like, what is the deal with the food here? Mm-hmm. It's so small. Mm. And I was like, yeah, it is for us, mm-hmm. but it's the way that it should be. Yeah. <laughs> it is the portion that makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is that Europeans have little, little tiny things mm-hmm. throughout the day. Mm-hmm. They don't go like crazy for mm-hmm. lunch or like mm-hmm. for breakfast. Mm-hmm. They eat like, you know, cheese yeah. or like, you know, a little baguette or like a croissant, yeah. you know, type deal. Yeah. And then for dinner, they eat something like a little bit bigger. But yeah. It's not huge. Mm-hmm. And these Americans were super upset. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I get it. Yeah. Because... I was kind of upset. Yeah. Although I knew what the culture was. Yeah. I was still just like, where's the, where's the yeah. rest of it? Kind of hungry. <laughs> yeah. But it's different. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, what you're talking about mm-hmm. truly is that this part of, you know, finish the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Although we gave you too much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it doesn't allow for flexibility. No. In our schedules for hunger Mm -hmm. and for our cues right that's another point right it's like just really not learning not to listen to our body's cues to our hunger cues to our fullness cues right and so in in those situations right we are being forced to eat past fullness Mm -hmm. we're being forced to finish our entire plates or finish like you know, the portions that are given to us uh, of specific foods that maybe we have also said to our parents as children, like, we don't like this, but we're forced to eat it anyway, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Or maybe like that, you know, that kind of leads into us growing into adulthood where we're forcing ourselves to then finish the entire meal that we're paying for when we go out to a restaurant because we don't want to waste our money, right? And that, that's how that leads into those sorts of behaviors. And we're leaving restaurants so like uncomfortable uncomfy. when we literally just could have taken it home, yeah. you know? And there, there's no reason for us to ignore our cues and eat past fullness. But when we're using food as a reward system as well, mm-hmm. like, and especially with kids, and they don't have the flexibility to be able to like advocate yeah, for themselves and to say like, like, you know, I'm not hungry right now at five o'clock when you're forcing me to eat dinner, but maybe I'm gonna be hungry at like seven yeah. or six thirty. Mm-hmm. You know? That have I, I hear that story a lot with parents. But we and, eat at this time. This right. is the time that we right. eat. 
but that routine while kids need routine that that's not necessarily the same as what their body needs you know and so being respectful of that and hearing them and saying okay dinner will be ready for you whenever you're hungry mm-hmm. you know there's there's no reason to force yourself to eat when you're not hungry either you know yeah. we're eating past fullness we're uh, eating when we're not hungry we're eating when we're feeling really emotional right. or on the flip side we're refusing to feeding our bo- we're refusing to feed our body yeah. when we're hungry you know for whatever reason right we're saying that we don't need to eat right now it's past the time that we're supposed to be eating yeah. it's eight o'clock i'm not supposed to eat after after this this time this thing on the internet is telling me that i shouldn't do that Mm -hmm. like okay Mm -hmm. but i'm hungry Mm -hmm. too bad right or there's the other part of like we do get into the weeds here which you know we don't have to Mm -hmm. but it's you know part of that like disordered Mm -hmm. eating Mm -hmm. right is that like talking a lot about you know, restrictive eating mm-hmm. was very much like I have to fit into this thing. Mm-hmm. Or like my wedding's coming up, mm-hmm. or like the the dance, mm-hmm. you know. Um, or there's just the part of like body dysmorphia mm-hmm. is like a huge part of this. Yeah, yeah, right. Absolutely. We have to think a lot about restrictive eating, mm-hmm. binging and purging, mm-hmm. and then you know just anorexia and bulimia yeah. in general. Yeah. Right? These things have a huge impact on the way that you look at food, mm-hmm. right? And it's not even about bad food or mm-hmm. good food. It's mm-hmm. just about food, food. in general, mm-hmm. the neutral aspect of that, mm-hmm. right? Even people with that disordered eating would consider probably some of the healthier options mm-hmm. are fattening mm-hmm. or are, like, going to upset their stomach mm-hmm. or just they're going to make up a lot of excuses mm-hmm. just to not eat that. Yeah. And it's very difficult yeah. to combat whenever you start getting older mm-hmm. right you mm-hmm. just have that habit now yeah and you have to be very mindful mm-hmm. therapists and counselors mm-hmm. work very hard mm-hmm. to try and help people unlearn mm-hmm. some of these habits that are so detrimental yeah yeah and those things take a lot of self-awareness they oh take God. a lot of self-reflection and they take a lot of time to unlearn because like we said at the beginning you know this is something that starts when we're infants mm-hmm it's in there so, yeah. so at the beginning. Yes. Yeah. You know? And those are the hardest things to mm-hmm. unlearn. Mm-hmm. Those are the hardest things to get yeah. out of. Yeah. And and I didn't include a lot of that, yeah. a lot of those uh, disorders that you mentioned just yeah. because, like you said, I think that that's like a whole other conversation in and of itself. Um, but that kind of does tie together this last point that I'm making here is and that's we have a really really we we create a really really big connection between our body image and food Um, and that's what we're doing when we have body dysmorphia when we have eating disorders Mm -hmm. you know we are directly correlating those two things together as saying if I eat this food I'm going to look this way. Mm-hmm. I'm going to feel this way about myself. And I think because we're having such a strong focus on what our bodies look like, then we're not actually taking the time to think about what our bodies need to feel nourished. And, you know, we're not actually, you know, listening to our cues. We're not, you know, feeding ourselves what we're craving, what we need, yeah. you know. And that's that's an issue, right? 
we're 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 feeding our bodies based on what we think our body should look like i think you know the other part of this too is like talking a lot about overeating as well mm-hmm. is that like and this is it's lost on me right now mm-hmm. and I, I don't maybe you can help me mm-hmm. um it takes like five minutes after you're like done eating mm-hmm. to figure out if you are actually full mm-hmm. and i can't remember what that's called mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's you know it takes like a little bit of time mm-hmm. for your stomach to like process all of this mm-hmm. and we ignore that mm-hmm. right? we ignore that part it's mm-hmm. like oh, it looks really good yeah i'm just gonna keep going right you know? and we don't listen mm-hmm. yeah because yeah. it takes too long right you don't have that like instant like oh mm-hmm. cool Mm-hmm. don't have that right it takes longer right we're not patient with our bodies mm-hmm. you know we're not we're not listening to them in the way that we need to be but i also don't think that we're taught to listen to them mm-hmm. we're taught to do the socially polite or the socially correct thing rather than actually taking into account what's going on in our bodies you know well, i think if you also I'm going to make this bigger. <laughs> Do it. Uh, it's like thinking about this like culturally. Mm-hmm. Is that like there are so many cultures. Mm-hmm. Like I'm even thinking about uh, in Italian culture, which mm-hmm. is what I'm a part of. I'm just mm-hmm. going to talk about my culture mm-hmm. in general. Is that very much as like you're eating mm-hmm. and then it's like if you refuse like mm-hmm. something more, mm-hmm. you're like shamed, you know? And mm-hmm. it's like, why aren't you eating my food? That's because I love you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think about that all the time. Sometimes I feel like I do that to like people. Yeah. Because I, like, that's my form of like mm-hmm. showing some type of like love. And then I like get sad. That yeah. It's like, you're not like eating the thing that I made for you because I love you. Yeah. And then it's like, that's like my grandma that's like pushing yeah. that down on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. it's like so funny. I know that happens a lot of places. Yeah. And I know that it's like almost like a, a cultural like uh, abnormality, mm-hmm. you know, that you like just disgrace this family, right? You know, like that you made them like very angry because mm-hmm. you didn't accept their food. Mm-hmm. So like you have to think about this in so many different ways, mm-hmm. and that how Americans are, you know, from everywhere, right? <laughs> right. From every place in the world, right. so like. It's very hard to describe this. I think that that's something that can progressively become more intense in Americanized homes, right? So mm-hmm. like, and mm-hmm. and I don't want to speak to your experience. I can assume that like an Italian-American family, sure. their portion sizes and the quality of the food is going to look different than an Italian family yeah. in Italy. Of course. Right? So I I think that like the the social aspect of that, it you know, I certainly understand that like food is such an important piece of culture. I really genuinely believe that like it's one of the best ways for us to get to know different cultures. Oh, for sure. Um That's and awesome. to really like you know, immerse ourselves in that and learn and like uh in the most respectful way. But when we Americanize it, I think that that takes it to another level of unhealthy. <laughs> Let's just make it bigger. Yeah. Let's just make it huger and, like, not as fresh. And also, like, you know, I have this, like, thought mm-hmm. that's very much, like, uh, it's like, um, you know, you got to eat this. You look, mm-hmm. look kind of small. Mm-hmm. You look kind of, 
you, mm-hmm. you get skinny, you know, mm-hmm. or you have like this whatever, mm-hmm. and that's like such a a grandma y kind mm-hmm. of thing to do, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what does that have to do with me eating more? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just I love you. Yeah, everybody is different, and I think that that's another piece of of that conversation that you know that bigger conversation that I think we could have about our bodies in particular and what our relationships look like with our bodies. Um, But it is really uncomfortable hearing those, those comments and those messages. Right. And those are things that continue to impact our development and impact our brain to say, you are more valuable. You are more attractive. You are, you deserve more affection. Mm -hmm if you're smaller, if you're Mm -hmm. XYZ, right? And that's a problem. It's a problem. Yeah. I I, I think about this part where you're, you know, you have two points on here. And it says Mm -hmm. forcing ourselves to finish all the food on our plate or Mm -hmm. forcing ourselves to eat the entire meal that we paid for. Mm -hmm. I can think about numerous times where that is you know, a thing for me, mm-hmm. it's not only a thing for, like, others, too, because mm-hmm. I'm thinking about, like, you know, we made all this food, okay, I don't want to waste the food, first mm-hmm. of all, mm-hmm. and I don't want it to, like, be in this, like, limbo state in mm-hmm. my fridge, mm-hmm. because I made this, you know, and I want this to, like, be good, mm-hmm. and if it goes bad, I will be very upset, mm-hmm. I'll be very sad, mm-hmm. and I think that, like, my partner and I do this at home, mm-hmm. we do this thing where it's, like, Dude, we used all the food. We, mm-hmm. We're like stoked about mm-hmm. it, you know, because we don't want to be wasteful. But it also like perpetuates this like we gotta use all the food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's mm-hmm. very like uh, aggressive almost at times. Yeah. And I think that it's you know, it's problematic in a lot of ways. Yeah. Just to think about like yeah. <laughs> where that comes from probably, mm-hmm. and what that what our relationship with food is. Yeah. But then I also think about the people that are like. We don't have a lot of money, mm-hmm. and if you do waste the food, you you're bad. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we gave we you know mm-hmm. we paid for all this stuff, yeah, and you're just letting it waste in the fridge, yeah, and you know it's it goes everywhere, yeah. It's so messy. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is really messy. There's there's so many pieces that go in with it because food is something that we need for survival, right. Uh, food is something that we need for our bodies to grow and develop <laughs> and uh, at at the end of the day right it's one of our basic needs every single day you know and when we have an experience that says that we might not be able to get that or have access to it that's a really scary and literally a life-threatening situation. Terrifying. Yeah. And, and that, that, again, plays into that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I certainly don't think that our relationship with food is something that's ever going to be easy to quantify or define. Um, and that's why I wanted to start off at the top by saying, like, it's a very intimate relationship and it's very singular yeah. it's very personal and it's going to be dependent 
on so many different things for you specifically. Mm -hmm. Your relationship with food is not going to look like my relationship with food. That's okay. But we have to recognize like the patterns of when it's becoming unhealthy and when, when we need to do something to intervene or, Mm -hmm. um, even just taking that first step of identifying, right? We've said that in several episodes. Like yeah. the first step is really just being aware and building that self-awareness and identifying like, oh, okay, yeah, this is definitely a piece that's happening for me, you know? And I, I didn't really recognize that right. before. So what are some of those like signs or like those patterns that you might have an unhealthy relationship with food? Yeah, yeah. So we're going to go through a couple of them, right? Um, and this isn't, exclusive you know there are other there's probably way more yeah there's <laughs> other things that that can play into this but these are just some of the ones that i'm bringing here today mm-hmm. and if any of this resonates with you as you're listening you know we are going to be talking about ways to reset um maybe how like what we need to do to move forward and sure. how to find some help but um some of the th- some of the signs might look like thinking about food all the time mm-hmm. Or um, you having feelings of shame or guilt um, after eating food, after finishing a big meal, after having a treat, um, yeah. maybe after not exercising after finishing a treat. Right. Um, it can look like you feeling embarrassed about your portion sizes or about the choices of food that you make when you go out to eat with friends at a restaurant. You know, mm-hmm. maybe. You feel like in your body image, you know, you feel like, you know, you're the biggest friend in, in that friend group and everybody's getting burgers, but you feel like maybe you need to get a salad, you know? Yeah. And that could be, that could be part of it, right? Mm-hmm. It's just really being aware of what you're choosing and what your portion sizes are and what it looks like to other people around you. Um, you've tried dieting many times. You've Maybe you've tried many different diets and you feel like nothing is helping or nothing is changing your body image. Um, Maybe uh, you use food as a reward or a strong emotional support for both good and bad experiences. Mm -hmm. You continue to eat foods that make you feel sick. Um, So that might look like you overeating to a point of you feeling sick or you eating like a lot of fried food and like, that you know that that doesn't sit well with you, but you choose to do that anyway. Maybe you are lactose intolerant yeah, like and you cheese. eat cheese or you're <laughs> going out to get some ice cream and saying like, well, I'm, I'll just, I'll pay for, the I'll pay for it later. I don't care. Um, or, what you like gluten intolerant? Right. Oh my God. Right. And you're like, well, I just really want this sandwich and I'll just deal with this later. Right. I feel that though. I, I would, I, I feel bad for Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was something that I really thought about putting this together. Um, And again, it's a whole other layer of something that I didn't include is, you know, having allergies and uh, food illness. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. The, you know, level of, you know, and then also to think about like, even on that Mm -hmm. kind of thing is that like, um, no matter what your preference is, like if you're a pescatarian, if you're a vegetarian, Mm -hmm. if you're vegan or Mm -hmm. whatever, it's I'm super down with all that don't use those to like have excuses mm-hmm. and like I don't I don't need that stuff because mm-hmm. you know like don't be hyper 
mm. aware of like this experience like mm-hmm. veganism is cool mm-hmm. i'm all about it but if it goes into this like i'm not eating anything right right it like it really limits your options for yes. foods especially if you have really specific preferences um and then that means that you're not getting enough protein in your diet you're right. not getting enough whatever in your diet like that's that's a really big thing so yeah i hear you um two more things another sign might look like like we've talked about already eating until you're uncomfortably full and the last one that i have here is avoiding social situations Mm -hmm. that are centered around food Mm -hmm. because you don't want to have to think about what what we were talking about before right how you're being perceived Perception. by others for your choices yeah. for food or how much you're eating those sorts of things or it's even like i don't like eating around people because like i don't like the way that i look when i'm eating mm-hmm. you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i don't want people to watch me eat food mm-hmm. like that is a you know very high like experience of like anxiousness mm-hmm. like anxiety mm-hmm. it's very much like i don't want to be perceived mm-hmm. <laughs> eating yeah yeah and it could also be part of like your thought process surrounding growing up you know like how you what did it look like for you to eat when you were growing up did you eat alone a yeah. lot did you uh did you have a lot of social interactions around food was this something that was normalized for you right if you don't have that ingrained experience surrounding food that's not going to feel super comfortable, super comfortable for you today. Right. But those are, those are just some things to think about Mm -hmm. with that. So if you heard any of those things and you feel like maybe you can relate to some of that, or it feels a little bit alarming to you that you really relate to it, we're going to spend the rest of our time talking about how we can reset our relationship with food because it doesn't have to be like everything we've talked about. It doesn't have to be the way that it is if we don't want it to be. It just takes a lot of work and a lot of time to mm-hmm. to change it. Yeah. You know. The first the first piece that I feel like is is important is relearning the language that we use surrounding food. Yeah reteaching ourselves how to talk about food and how we talk to ourselves about food. One of the biggest questions that I think is is helpful is asking yourself, how are you defining what a healthy food is? What are you defining as a healthy food? And when you ask yourself that question, I want you to ask yourself, is this dependent on my body image? Is this food healthy based on how I feel about my body? Yeah. Are we just saying, like, we're eating no bread mm-hmm. it's, or any type of carb, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. it's unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Or that, like, it does really, you know, it makes me mm-hmm. bigger. Mm-hmm. Or that, it, like, I bloat, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that also you have to recognize is that, like, you bloat when you eat food. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a normal thing. Mm-hmm. Your stomach just does that because it has to get bigger. Our bodies fluctuate, especially like female bodies, yes. fluctuate between, on average, between five to seven pounds in a day. Mm-hmm. In a day. 
And that's not on like during their menstrual cycles. That's just any day. Yeah. Right. So that's a whole thing. And that's based on water intake. It's based on how much you go to the bathroom that day. It's based on a lot of things. How much liquid are you retaining? Right. Right. If you're eating a lot of sodium, your body's going to hold more water. Yeah. You know, but that's absolutely right. And that, that was my next point is foods that are cons- considered to be high calorie, that are high fat, are not bad and they're not unhealthy. Mm-hmm. We literally need carbs and complex sugars yeah. to survive right. and to grow and to develop correctly mm-hmm. for our brains to grow the way that they're supposed to, for our bodies to grow in the ways that they're supposed to. If we're not eating those or if we're denying our bodies that, that's an issue because we're depriving our bodies of something that it needs. Not giving our bodies carbs and sugars is not a good thing. Yeah. Yippers. Carbs are If you take anything away from this episode today, I hope that it's that sentence. (laughs) Because I think we have a really hard time, especially in American diet culture, surrounding those two things. And we need them. Mm -hmm. We need them. They're not bad. You can still be on a weight loss journey eating pasta. Yeah. We we talk about, uh, we haven't talked about this actually. Um, It's just like the moderation experience, right? Mm -hmm. Which I think that is like in any type of relationship with anything. Mm Mm-hmm. There just needs to be some like level of boundary setting, and, like, mm-hmm. balance, and yeah. all the stuff. Like, yeah, it's okay if you want a little yeah. Sammy every once in a while yeah. or a pizza. Mm-hmm. I really like the way that you just kind of described it, and I don't think I've ever used this language before. But we've talked so much already through this season about how important it is for us to set boundaries within relationships that are unhealthy for us, yeah. and that is absolutely what we need to do around food too and if that's a way that you need to understand it rather than you know using the language of you know dieting or like x right whatever it's no i'm setting a boundary around this that's that that's a really great way of of relabeling and allowing ourselves to have more positive language about it i'm setting a boundary about this ice cream because Mm -hmm. I'm just eating it because I like it Mm -hmm. and you know it's still just something that is like a part of that serotonin Mm -hmm. thing Mm -hmm. you know it's not even like the reward factor it's just that it's a food Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I'm stoked to eat it your body is wanting it and that is okay and then just think about the portion Mm -hmm. there you go yeah yeah Another way that we can really work on resetting is practicing more mindful eating habits Mm -hmm. as well as intuitive eating habits. Um, There's a lot of research out there about intuitive eating that is really going off of a lot of what we talked about today, and that's listening to your body's cues, learning how to, to read your body's cues, and filling your body with what it needs based on what it's telling you when it's telling you. Yeah. And it's also thinking a lot about what is your like emotional state mm-hmm. of today. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think that a lot of people 
get kind of like hung up on this aspect of food and like nutrition mm-hmm. and like exercise and mm-hmm. like my body mm-hmm. or like one thing mm-hmm. just that's it mm-hmm. like it has nothing to do with my brain yeah or the way that i feel that day yeah and like you are a holistic mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. okay you are like not just a little like amoeba mm-hmm. that is only, complex beings yeah, it's, its goal is just to like survive right yeah you have a lot more going on so it makes it harder for us to like identify all of the things that impact mm-hmm. us during the day mm-hmm. and like as soon as you wake up so it's like how am i feeling and then like go throughout your day how am i doing how am i doing how am i doing something really bad happened to me yeah <laughs> and then like you know a lot of people's automatic response is like I'm not making any food tonight. I'm yeah. just going to go get something crazy, mm-hmm. like something very like high in fat, like we talked about, mm-hmm. and then a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. To comfort, to self-soothe. Right. It's all about that self-soothing part. And to recognize that like that is not mm-hmm. the goal. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's okay to do that mm-hmm. when it's like, this is what I need. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing this because I'm okay. Yeah. I'm in a good spot. Yeah. And it's fine. If yeah. If I have like one of these little McChickens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what mm-hmm. people get. Um, it's hard. Mm-hmm. You just really have to think about how you're doing that day. And mm-hmm. like you talked about, is that promotion? Mm-hmm. It goes the same way. Yeah. It's like I'm yeah. just going to ball out on some dumb stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, that's another point here that I have is like being aware of what your eating patterns are and your emotional eating patterns as well as like trying to figure out what it looks like for you to take control of that Mm -hmm. you know being you know keeping a journal is a really good way to be aware of what you're putting into your body if you know that you are an emotional overeater right and you don't want to continue those sorts of patterns you do have to be mindful about what you're eating and how you were feeling when you were eating that. Finding out what your like triggers are, mm-hmm. are is like the most important yeah. step yeah. in this part. You know, maybe it's not even about that you're like having a tough day or like mm-hmm. it's you know mm-hmm. like maybe maybe your mother said something to you like mm-hmm. really mean. Mm-hmm. You know? And then that was like a traumatic response yeah. in or, my childhood. Yeah. You know? This is something that I talk about with some of my clients where they might have these these triggers that are really easily identifiable not everybody does but sometimes people do right and sometimes that might look like you know sweet treats for you like something that's sugary Mm -hmm. and you know maybe you go out with a friend and you have like a a sweet drink and that kind of sends you into this space where i want to keep having sweets right because you started the process and this is kind of the spiral that we tend to go down you know if we know that that's a trigger for you, we have to figure out how to moderate that. Mm-hmm. We have to figure out what are some things that we can put into place to make sure that you can safely engage in that, that where it doesn't send you going down that spiral, yeah. right? What kind of access do you have to these sorts of foods? What kind of access do you have to those sorts of drinks? Like what, whatever the situation is. Mm-hmm. But um, it's important for us to be, if we have those really specific triggers with food or with like the people in our lives that could trigger us to send us down that yeah. that path, we have we have to learn that about ourselves. We have to identify it. Um, I think being mindful kind of 
and like mindfully eating and like trying to practice that in a mm-hmm. healthy way is is a great way for us to try to mitigate some of those things where we're just trying to be present with our food and like really recognizing what's happening in our bodies maybe not watching tiktok maybe not watching tv when we're eating right yeah. really just kind of sitting with ourselves without that sort of distraction yeah. that can help us with like being able to rein some of those things in yeah you know also like another thing is like try and have a partner in mm-hmm. this and i'm not talking about like you're like a significant other mm-hmm. Or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It could be a significant other, but I know that you know not everybody's in a relationship. If you have a pet, mm-hmm. eat with your pet. Mm-hmm. Like it does, if you have it at the same time, you're like both kind of like yeah. having this kind of you know sit down experience. You're mm-hmm. like creating a bond, mm-hmm. you know, like how you would if you had like a family or something like that. Yeah. Or if you have like a fish, I don't know, feed mm-hmm. the fish at the same time. Yeah. You know, it's okay. It, you know, it's mm-hmm. all good. Everybody's mm-hmm. in a different stage of their life. You know, just sit there and, like, be in that moment right? <laughs> with that thing yeah. or an object. It yeah. doesn't matter. Well, I think, too, it's just a way for us to connect to ourselves. And mm-hmm. maybe that's a moment, you know, those are moments where you're reflecting on your day. You're reflecting on what's going on for you. You're engaging in, like, what while you're eating. Like, you're yeah. thinking about what's what you're planning for the rest of the night, what you have to look forward to, whatever it is that helps you to connect with yourself. Mm -hmm. But I think you're right. Having a partner there or like something there to help you kind of share this space, but also like working on connecting to yourself too is also like holding you accountable. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just take a break. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like you ate that. Mm-hmm. Let's let's take ten minutes. Five minutes and mm-hmm. see if you're still hungry. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that food was good, mm-hmm. and I know it's so easy just to like you mm-hmm. know, go back up. Yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah. See? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think um, it's always really helpful when we know that overeating is an issue for us, or emotional eating is an issue for us, to be mindful about how we're preparing these things and to be intentional about preparing preparing our foods and like portioning things out for ourselves ahead of time Mm -hmm. to mitigate binge binging behaviors um they don't have to be like you know fruit or vegetables or whatever it's great if they are but like it's also okay if it's pretzels or like chips you know instead of buying the really big bag of chips maybe you uh if you want to like save on plastic or whatever right like buy the big bag of chips and portion it out when you get it into smaller smaller like single portions Mm -hmm. instead of grabbing the whole bag of chips and sitting down and eating eating all of it right maybe it looks like you um buying like the singular bag of chips if you really can't trust yourself or hold yourself accountable to buying the big bag of chips and portioning it out yourself you know sometimes we need to do the thing that's maybe a little bit more sometimes if it's accessible to you expensive Mm -hmm. sometimes we have to do the thing that has maybe a little bit more packaging but it's already packaged anyway right So it's important for us to take that into account and to say, if I need to buy, like, if 
I know that I'm not, yeah. Of like chips. Yeah. That are are single packs, right? And Mm -hmm. put it in a space where you're really not going to have access to it to keep grabbing more, you know? Like we have to be mindful about how we are taking care of ourselves and what we're doing to mitigate these sort of behaviors. Yeah. If, if you have to go out and buy the prepackaged like vegetable tray mm. that's already cut up, so because it's you easier. you won't do the cutting of the, the thing yourself, yeah. then do that. Yeah. You know, if that's gonna make it easier for you to make a choice that feels better for your body, mm-hmm. do it. It's all like a, you know, it's it, that setting of boundaries. Right? Yeah. That's how it is, right? Yeah. You know, there are good boundaries and there are like those ones that are just trying to put it a few steps out of your reach. Yeah. Right? I heard you talking about that like box of chips, mm-hmm. individual chips, mm-hmm. and then you take one chip out of the thing mm-hmm. and then you leave the box mm-hmm. in your garage downstairs mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. basement mm-hmm. far away. Yeah. So you don't like, you know, it's a lot more work to go down there and get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So it's just, you know, creating some of those barriers, mm-hmm. you know, which takes work. It does. Time, mm-hmm. you know, some discipline, mm-hmm. really. So it's, you know, just trying to, what do you want to be really prioritizing? Yeah. Like, what do you got to be about it? Yeah, exactly. And if you're not happy with the relationship that you have with food, it's, your job to change it Mm -hmm. it's your responsibility because it's your relationship Mm -hmm. and it's nobody else's you know and it's not just about you choosing something better for like your body image it's something that you're choosing for you as a whole to work on and to be better with because you deserve to have a healthy relationship with food yeah. and to feel neutral about food and to not hate your body for the rest of your life. You deserve to not hate your body yeah. and you deserve to not hate food or be worried about food. It's it's something that we need to have. Sure. And it's a neutral thing. Also take a take a look back mm-hmm. and see what your family's behaviors were mm, around food. Yeah. You know, like we talked a lot about like what it is in infancy mm-hmm. and then you know let's bring it all back to like how do they eat mm-hmm. your parents or your right. grandparents right. if you have a relationship with anybody in your family mm-hmm. like think about mm-hmm. you know are they overweight are they underweight yeah. do they feel like you know they had issues or troubles like these yeah. are things that like were given to us yeah <laughs> yeah know? so you know there is a lot of onus on you mm-hmm. to like change some stuff mm-hmm. but you also have to like take into accountability of like i didn't just make it up <laughs> absolutely <laughs> you know absolutely I just didn't i was like yeah one day i'm just gonna like eat it all or I'm right just gonna eat nothing right you know? there and i think you know we talked about all the reasons why we get here yeah. you know but i think when you're in that space of recognizing like uh I don't like this. You know, this doesn't feel good for me anymore. I'm not okay with being in this cycle anymore. And that journey looks different for everybody to get there. Everybody's timeline looks different with that. But when you're, when you are there, when you get there, you got to do something about it. Got to be about it. Yeah. Yeah. I keep telling people that. Got to be be about about it. it. Yeah. If you're just talking about it, got to be about it. And if you're having a hard time doing it by yourself, Seek out a nutritionist. 
nutritionists are people who can help you with creating meal plans who Mm -hmm. can who are trained in understanding like different nutrition and different types of food and how to help you create a personalized plan for for you Mm -hmm. and and see a mental health professional see a counselor um to work on that plan for you to hold you accountable to that plan to uh to help you with all of the other pieces that fall outside of food itself that that kind of bleed into body image you know so seek out that extra help yeah most of the time too Mm -hmm. your mental health professional and your nutritionist they can talk to each other yeah. if you let them. Yeah. Okay. So if you want them to like have a relationship too, yeah. You guys can be in it together. It'll be sick. Let's let's create a plan, yeah. man. Let's get out of this cycle. Yeah. You don't need it anymore. Yeah. You're also you're you, man. Yeah. You're, be yourself. <laughs> you des- you deserve to be happy. Yeah. That is the end of our episode. <laughs> But we're both really passionate about this. Yeah, one. we I are. Know, I don't know if you can tell. Yeah, yeah, we like this topic. I think we were a little nervous about it at first, but we got there. We got there, and I think we're we um, we're happy to keep talking about it. Yeah. But as always, you know where to find us on all of our fun little things. Uh, please reach out to us if uh, you have any questions. Yeah. You have any things? Yeah. Yeah, we'll be happy to talk about. Them. Yeah, but thanks a lot. Thanks for listening, y'all. Bye. Bye.